health was not paramount. Okay. No, we don't have anything to treat you. And what you do every day doesn't matter. Like you can eat anything you want. You don't need to sleep right. You don't have to take vitamin C. You don't have to take vitamin D. You don't have to do anything because, you know, it's okay. And then when you go to the hospital, they go, uh, well, I don't know. You don't have enough symptoms. And then they won't allow the doctors to do the treatments. And I'm like, what? I mean, what? What? This is beyond. That's not medicine. I never stopped practicing one day. I wasn't scared to teach, treat patients. Okay. No, I'm, I committed to being a doctor and it doesn't mean that it's all under perfect circumstances. No, we have to be here to serve people and take care of them. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 99 of the Art of Living Well podcast. How is everyone doing today? I personally cannot believe it's already November. I feel like this year has flown by. The temperatures are starting to get cooler. It's sweater season and soup season and hot herbal tea season. And we're already right around the corner from the holidays. And it's such a fun, festive, and busy time of year. Halloween is behind us now, but Thanksgiving is really right around the corner. And with Thanksgiving comes social gatherings and then before we know it the holiday parties and the traditions and sweets and alcohol and family get-togethers and all the fun things that we do toward the end of the year to bring us into the new year. Um, So we're really excited to kick off our 30-day Thrive During the Holiday Season program. It starts November 8th and it's 30 days and we really we created this program last year and it was such an amazing and supportive community and we had this wonderful group of women who really rocked the program and got through this challenging and stressful time of year and really were they were able to stay on track with their health priorities and we love the community um so if you want more information on this program, you can look at the link in our show notes or head on over to our Instagram bio, Facebook bio, website, and check it out. It's the Thrive During the Holiday Season program. Runs from November 8th to December 10th, and we would love to have you join us. And one more ask, if you are enjoying our podcast, we would love it if you would take just two minutes to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Doing so helps us reach more people so others can benefit from the inspiring information that we share. We would also love it if you would share an episode that you enjoyed with your family or your friends or anyone that you think may benefit from the information. Thank you. And now we are thrilled to introduce Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally. 
Dr. Keneally is a prominent leader in the integrative and functional medical field with over 30 years of experience taking the best of all sciences, including homeopathic and conventional treatments for cancer, chronic illnesses, nutrition, and lifestyle approach. She is the medical director of two unique clinics in Irvine, California, the Center for New Medicine and Cancer Center for Healing. The combined clinics have become the largest integrative medical clinic in North America and are visited by patients worldwide. The Center for New Medicine focuses on prevention and internal medicine, early detection of disease and cancer, human optimization, yearly physicals, autoimmune disease, natural hormone replacement, chronic issues, and aesthetics. Dr. Keneally feels we must treat the whole person, the patient with the disease and not the disease of the patient while determining the origin of the illness. Dr. Keneally created the Cancer Center for Healing because of the epidemic spreading of cancer. Patients receive scientifically-based treatments and receive integrative protocols. She has created an acute awareness for the need to focus on cancer prevention, providing unique testing to determine the early stages of cancer years before a scan reveals or is recognized. Through genetic testing, Dr. Keneally and her skilled team can create personalized treatment plans for early to late stage cancer patients. Dr. Keneally is the author of two books, Be Perfectly Healthy and The Cancer Revolution. She was also named one of the top 50 functional, functional and integrative doctors in the country. In our episode today, we talked about so many different topics with Dr. Keneally. We talked about treating the whole person um, we discuss cancer prevention, we dive into breast cancer, um, we talk about how your mindset and your mental state and your stress really can affect your whole health. Um, we talk about testing and what kinds of things a person can do preventatively. And we dive into um, what Dr. Keneally is doing at her centers that she has created and what her approach is and we she just shares so many practical tips and strategies with our listeners and we are so excited to dive right into this conversation but first a quick word from our sponsor good health sauna it's time to relax rejuvenate and renew everybody wants to feel better everybody wants to be healthy and happy Good Health Saunas is proud to provide top-of-the-line infrared saunas that deliver the most impactful results for overall health and wellness. Infrared saunas produce penetrating heat to help you sweat and heal your body from the inside. Sweating on a regular basis can help you feel amazing. Numerous studies have been done to show the power of infrared sauna use to help you sweat. Health benefits of regular sauna use may include detoxification, immune system support, muscle repair, chronic pain relief, relaxation, deeper sleep, and so much more. There are a lot of reasons people buy Good Health Sauna. I just recently bought one at the Minnesota State Fair and I am loving it so far. From the moment of purchase to the delivery and setup, Good Health Sauna staff have been amazing. They answered all my questions and they did a fabulous job with the installation. I look forward to my new evening routine where I take a 30 to 40 minute sauna before I shower and go to bed. And I love how relaxed I feel and more importantly, how I am adding to my overall health and happiness. 
And best of all, it's a great way to remove toxins from my body daily. Good Health Sauna provides commercial-grade infrared saunas for in-home and commercial use. Backed up with the best warranty in the industry, lifetime guarantee, and unmatched customer service. They have three stores, one at the Mall of America in Minnesota and two in Wisconsin, Appleton and Waukesha. For more information and to purchase online, go check out your special offer at www.goodhealthsaunas.com slash the art of living well. Good morning, Dr. Keneally. Stephanie and I are so excited for this interview today. Um, I started following you when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer multiple years ago, and I bought your book, The Cancer Revolution, and I literally, like, I just pulled it out yesterday, and I have, like, so many underlines in the book and pages flipped over and marked and sticky notes, and I just found your book so incredibly helpful when she was going through her treatments and her cancer journey. And I've been following you on Instagram for a long time as well. And I love all the little stories and tidbits that you post all the time. And so I'm really excited. And we're both really excited to talk with you today and hear what you have to say. Um, We'd love to start out by hearing about your story and your journey of how you became this passionate, integrative and functional medicine doctor And you eventually went on to found two clinics, write a couple of books, be perfectly healthy. And the one I mentioned, The Cancer Revolution. And now you've also started this podcast within your clinic. And how do you have time for all this? Uh, People always ask me that. And I always say, this isn't me. I have a horse behind me to do this. Okay. And and I think part of it is just something I can't explain. Okay. Like I always, I watch the Olympics and when I watch the Olympics, I always go, Oh my God, they were born with some divine seed to do that. Because how could you practice six hours a day, get up there, crabble here and there and, and be under grueling schedules and everything. And I asked, how do they do that? But they were born with the divine seed, divine force that directs them to do that and when people can find that because everyone has it everyone has it and you you know you need to just focus on that and it's not always apparent in the very beginning of your life and it may not be apparent to your 50 or 60 I remember I forget the gentleman that I was reading he was like 75 and he's like oh my gosh my life has just begun with the new passion that I have So, so it, we all having a purpose is like critical. And so I have time because one, I make time. Number two, there is such a pressing, urgent, emergent uh, need to change the world. It is beyond serious. Okay. I've been saying this though for quite a long time. And because I'm, in the trenches, seeing patients every day. I don't like just do Instagram podcast, da da da. da. I, I don't do that. I see patients. The patients are the boots on the ground telling you what's going on. Okay. And the patients, you know, it's either they've gone to 20 doctors to get a diagnosis or their doctor just says, here, pop a pill and see you later. 
oh, that blood work doesn't matter. Like your high hemoglobin A1C, which is your reflection of sugar overnight, that doesn't really matter. Okay. And I'm like, what? What are they reading? These are doctors. These are smart people. Why are they telling patients like that? And so, so, and because at the clinic, we take a holistic approach. I had a patient with MS the other day and her sister's my patient. And so I did a complete detailed history. And I said, so tell me about your stress. She goes, here I am 55. A doctor's never asked me about my stress. Okay. Which is what probably the culprit of most diseases. Mm-hmm. And you haven't addressed stress with the patient. I mean, what, and, and this is all scientifically documented. Okay. If you just go to PubMed, you can find an article for anything I'm talking about. And so it's a tragedy that we are, I believe it's like, an, I hate to say it, but there's just an anti-human movement. And I, I want to change that. And that's with whether it's children, because I have grown children and I was a fanatic about how I had my children, how I raised them, everything I did with them, everything I taught them, their health and everything. And because it's our job as a mother to do that. All right. As a doctor and a patient, it is my job to do the most excellent, exceptional job for that patient. And if we're not all doing that in our own lives, whether it's us, it's everything starts and begins with us. Okay. Each person. Okay. So we need to steward our life with the best information, the best rules and laws and honor and respect this miracle we are all fortunate to have. And I want where, you know, every day people are breaking all the rules of life and the laws of the human mind and body. We're breaking them every day. Okay. But we can't do that. You know, we literally can't do that. But if you think about it, health is not esteemed in the United States. It's not esteemed at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and you saw that with this last uh, uh, pandemic. Okay. Health was not paramount. Okay. No, we don't have anything to treat you. And what you do every day doesn't matter. Like you can eat anything you want. You don't need to sleep right. You don't have to take vitamin C. You don't have to take vitamin D. You don't have to do anything because, you know, it's okay. And then when you go to the hospital, they go, uh, well, I don't know. You don't have enough symptoms. And then they won't allow the doctors to do the treatments. And I'm like, what? I mean, what? what? This is beyond. That's not medicine. I never stopped practicing one day. I wasn't scared to teach, treat patients. Okay. No, I'm, I committed to being a doctor and it doesn't mean that it's all under perfect circumstances. No, we have to be here to serve people and take care of them. And luckily I knew what to do with my patients and I didn't have the tragedy that you hear on the news and all that kind of stuff. But why weren't we telling people this is a time for us to focus on our health? If we have a serious supposedly thing coming around, we need to say, okay, what can we all do to be healthy? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're, if you don't have your health, Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Okay. You can't have a good family. You can't have a good, you know, work. You can't have any, I mean, the community, 
falls and disintegrates. So, you know, we should be focusing on health. In the United States of America, we rank 43rd in the world in healthcare. 43rd. So it's better if you lived in Zimbabwe or Tanzania because their health is better than us. They're third world countries, okay? And we spend twice as much as any other country. People don't know this. Why are why isn't that on the cover of Wall Street? Why isn't that in The Economist? Why isn't that in all magazines? Okay. And we don't think about preventive, proactive, precise, personalized medicine in any form or fashion. It's just like, oh, everybody gets the same thing. Everybody gets a statin. Everybody gets this. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is. And we know that the medical system in and of itself is the third leading cause of death in this country. So heart disease is number one, cancer is number two, and the medical system that's published by Johns Hopkins, other places too. So it's not like just I'm making this up. And, um, well, you know, why, why are we not taking a stand? We have to take a stand. Now, there are doctors taking a stand. There are podcasts taking a stand. There's no question, but it needs to be everywhere, mainstream. We need to create this contagious movement of restoring health and well-being to every person and to our fam- our families. It starts, you know, you've got to start with your kids. You know, well, you've got to start before you even have a baby today because of toxicity. So you've got to prepare that intention and prepare your body for, uh, you know, the beautiful miracle that you want to have. Because the toxicity now, you know, passing through from the placenta to the baby is is too problematic today. You know, they've, they've analyzed breast milk, placenta, bloods, everything. There's hundreds of chemicals, okay? And so why is autism 1 in 40 now, okay? And when I went to medical school years ago, I didn't even learn about autism. When I was a little girl, there wasn't anybody sick, okay? I'm much older than you girls. And there was nobody sick when I went to school. When I went with my twins, eighth grade, Washington, D.C. trip, the parent trip, okay, the parent meeting, and this was years ago, they're 27 now, but um, the whole meeting was about the mothers bringing the medicines for their children. I'm like, wait, am I missing something? Eighth grade, okay, eighth grade. You already, and the whole meeting was, okay, the medicines have to be there before. And I'm like, this is problematic. What does an eighth grade need medicine for? So these are the kind of things that I'm talking about. And why is 60% of the population chronically ill? Why why are we not talking about this every day? So what is, what do you do about this? Like, tell us what you're doing. Um, I know that you feel you want to treat the, you, your whole philosophy is treating the whole person. And can we talk about, you know, why, why people are getting sick and why is, are these, um, like this disease in the body contributing to cancer and all these other illnesses out there? Right. Well, I would say, uh, there's lots of causes. First of all, we take a holistic approach. So, of course, we're very conventionally trained practitioners. All right. So people need to know that we're medical doctors who practice conventional Western medicine. 
So if I want to do blood work, right, I know how to order comprehensive blood work. The average doctor, I know what they check. My patients, you guys come from all, all over the United States and, and, and outside the country. But so I know what they order. I see what they order. Okay. They order minimal information. Okay. And then they look and make sure you don't have high blood pressure. A lot of them don't even check for prediabetes and diabetes. No one checks for inflammation. Very few of the doctors check for vitamin D. This is conventional medicine and it's not being done. Okay. This is not like, whoa, out there esoteric. This is conventional medicine. All right. So, and then I do scans. It may be ultrasounds, x-rays, CT scans, PET scans, MRI. That's conventional Western medicine. Okay. I do prescribe drugs in emergencies. Okay. If I have a patient emergent, if they've got an abscess or cellulitis, I don't go, we're going to do this natural thing. I go, no, we're going to take antibiotics. Plus you're going to do this, 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 and this. Okay. And so people need to understand I do do conventional Western medicine, but I'm ordering very comprehensive blood work. Okay. I always check your hormones. I always check your sugar levels, not just your sugar level that day, but the hemoglobin A1C. I check vitamin D levels. Okay. I check everyone's nutritional levels because if you don't have proper nutritional levels, which is 93 plus percent of the population have one to 10 deficiencies. So how is the biochemistry of your body working? Every medical doctor took biochemistry in medical school. So that's part of their training. All right. Nutrition isn't, but biochemistry is. And the biochemistry is how do nutrients, vitamins, minerals, enzymes work in your body. So if you don't check that, how are you going to, how are you going to fix the patient? All right. So if you have a B12 deficiency, your body's not going to serve you, right? And that's just one deficiency, all right? And then we do, uh, I do bioenergetic testing because I tell people energy precedes action. So I want to know, I, my job is to keep you well and out of emergency rooms and out of hospitals. Emergency rooms and hospitals are a place to get sick. And so you, I want to keep my patients out of there. All right. And I teach them the art of self-care. Okay. And self-care is not just one day a week. It's seven days a week. Okay. Then probably the biggest thing that is overwhelming in almost every single patient is stress. And a lot of people just are not mindful and introspective about giving attention to self. And who am, who am I? I tell people we're always good at taking selfies, but not good at looking at ourselves. Okay. <laughs> love that. I love that. <laughs> so, so, so we, we, so we're great at that, but we need to be doing, you know, we need to be examining of ourselves. How am I feeling? What am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing with my children? Is my job serving me or is it too much stress and they don't really care about me? Um, you know, am I stressed because my mother died or I'm taking care, I'm the caretaker for my father or what, you know, it's always different, different, different stories. But if you ask every cancer patient and not just cancer, uh, but any patient about their stress, they just can't stop talking. Okay. 
but I've given them the opportunity to talk about it. Most people, you probably don't want to listen to your best friend's stress every day. Okay, let's be honest. And that person doesn't necessarily want to dump on you, right? So they won't talk about it. And then emotions and stress, like if you look at look at, at my parents, I mean, you just did life. You just went to work. You just took care of the kids. You just did everything, right? You didn't think about what are the emotional stress psyched dynamics of our family, right? We didn't think about that, okay? But now all the studies clearly show, scientifically proven, that from in utero to seven is the most impactful time of a person's life. Now, who remembers what happens when they were one? Nobody. Okay. Cause you, you don't have memory back then. You don't have, know what happened in utero, but there is, there's, you know, absolute proof about trauma, it, how it affects the system. Now we all receive and perceive things differently. All right. Meaning like some people can handle a lot of things and kind of put it in a box and, like, okay, I'm going to grieve over that or I'm going to think about that or whatever. And then they move on. But other people have very sensitive aspects to their system and they need to be handled very carefully. Like if you're, if an, a dog dies, that can be outrageously traumatic for someone who just really lives their life as, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of their community. So you can't, you have to allow them to grieve seriously. Okay. And so because dogs, cat, all animals give people energy and give them a companionship. So we can't just say, oh, that's no big deal and move on. We have to address that, especially if someone's single and that's like their whole life. Right. And so, uh, because, you know, loneliness is probably one of the biggest illnesses. Okay. There was a whole book written by a prior attorney general on loneliness. And I would say loneliness today is huge because our communication system of phones and iPads and computers have disconnected humanity. All right. I tell people it's a disconnected connectedness. Okay. You have to be present with people physically. You've got to touch them. You've got to interact with them. And now we have all these young people who don't know how to connect because they're connected. Parents allow their children to be connected with cell phones and iPads, which I am very against. So luckily, I reared my children with all, all of that, even though there were the pressures of that. Uh, but And they know that and they see that now. Okay. Now, I do have a cell phone. I do have an iPad. But that is not my life. Okay. But I grew up without any cell phones or any computers or any connections. Okay. So it was just all about us playing games, hanging out, being communal, communal, living, communal, living. Okay. So, and that's all gone. All right. And it's sad that all these parents are allowing, first of all, it's, it's dangerous for them until they're 18 because your nervous system isn't developed properly. So it's affecting the nervous system so much. And parents, I had, I have people tell me all the time, their kids are addicted now to the cell phone, which it's a true addiction. Well, we, we caused that. Okay. You know, the parent caused it because 
what now what does a child need a cell phone for? Okay, they don't have anything going on in their life to need a cell phone. All right. And uh they don't need an iPad. Okay. Uh so it's 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 but it's physically not good for you, all right, on so many levels. So so we we actually lack this connective you know, connectedness to our life, which is very important for all of us for our survivability. I mean, they say the single greatest predictor of living long is your community. So, but we aren't, we're not doing, I think it's happening more now. I think it's definitely, they're doing it more now and creating, there's different outlets of that. Uh, but like we have a cancer class every Wednesday. Well, the patients love that because they feel like it's the same people, same problems, and they can talk and learn from each other. And in my clinic, I have one large, very large open area so the patients can commune together. Okay. Because when you're going through cancer, you just need someone to talk to. And especially if your friend or your friends or other people die, then you're feeling all alone because you're still alive. And of course, what you immediately think is, Oh my gosh, is it my turn? Right. So they need that emotional support. So we do a lot of emotional support here at the clinic because, and we have every single patient do emotional work because if you don't know, I, I call it emotional, psychological, spiritual, all of that. So that spiritual, emotional, psychological component has got to be solid and strong. And because people have lived with the same recording all these years, whatever it was, okay? And everybody has it. No one's exempt from it. No one um, didn't, you know, no one had perfect household, perfect family. I mean, let's face it, there's no such thing as perfect. And so, so we have to, we have to give the patient the opportunity to learn about themselves and to learn how to change their thinking. So are they, if they're not local, are you working with them virtually or are they yes. flying in? I'm just both. curious. Do okay. they do both? Mm -hmm. okay. Right. Yeah. I, so. Well, I I just love what you shared because it's this truly this holistic whole person view of health. And you touched on so many things that, you know, Marnie and I have talked with various people individually, but no one's doing everything that you did, right? And just the fact that the stress and community and you're holding space for people to talk um, about what's going on in their life that could be impacting, that is impacting their health. And even just like the energetic aspect and old programming, I just think this is wonderful. You know, more, more people need to create these clinics and have them accessible to everyone. Um, can we, you know, we dive in a little bit with cancer since that's your your specialty, um, you know, the cure for disease and cancer is prevention. And we've you've already touched on, you know, a few things. We just need to follow certain steps every day because so many things can be avoided. So what can we do? Can you discuss like, what can we do to prevent cancer? Right. So I would say cancer is one in two men and probably 40% of females. So that means um, everyone really should be checked for cancer. Okay. I know that sounds, um, you know, a little <laughs> overboard, but it's not. And if you, if you just came and spent a day or two with me, you would understand what I'm talking about and the tragedy and the suffering. And oh my goodness, that what we could, what we could change just like that. I mean, it's not a lot. Okay. To change 
and to create people aware. You know, my dream would be to, you know, do little preventive cancer clinics all over. Um, and so it, it's, it's, it, cause cancer is 10 years. Okay. It takes 10 years. It doesn't, you don't wake up one day and go, Oh, I have cancer. No, that's cancer started about 10 years ago. Okay. Our detection methods that are typically done by a doctor, okay, as a pap, okay, and then as you age, you don't get regular paps, a mammogram, okay, which is not good early detection for can for breast cancer, and then colonoscopy or cologuard, okay, and that's but that's after the tumor's formed. <laughs> and then a PSA for men, but PSA testing isn't that accurate for men. But what about everything else? Okay. And we're, and we're just detecting tumors that are 10 years old. All right. Well, no, we have all these early detection methods to determine if someone has cancer, just literally very easy, not too expensive. And I tell people the money you spend on the front end will save you hundreds of thousands of dollars and not just money. It's the emotional, physical, psychological strain to not only you, but to everyone around you. You know, I have people come in and their whole family comes in. Okay. So the discomfort of you affects the comfort of all the people around you. So if this is just not for cancer, this is just, I just think cancer is a little more brutal. Heart disease is very, very, very easy to prevent also, but we have you know, stents and all kinds of things that we can, you know, implement and do. And people don't seem to be as scared when they have a heart attack or heart disease. They, you know, but in 50% of cases of heart disease, the number one symptom is sudden death. So why wouldn't we do preventive proactive? But when it comes to cancer, as I said, we have a pandemic of cancer because it's not just in this country. All right. It's all over the world now. And um, the single greatest determinant of health is what you put in your mouth, okay? They did a study of 44,000 identical twins, and the single greatest determinant was their lifestyle and, you know, what they ate. So we have to teach people about lifestyle renovation, all right? Everybody, unfortunately, grew up on cereal. And they grew up on juice boxes and they grew up on sugary bread and sugary peanut butter and, you know, hamburger helper and pasta and all dead foods, dead sugary foods. Okay. Well, that's not going to serve your body. Okay. <laughs> now, fortunately, I grew up completely the opposite or I'm very lucky because I grew up with my mother cooking meals and everything was cooked and I'm, I was nursed for a year and we cooked. My mother made all her baby food. She didn't use jarred baby food. And I ate bone marrow and sauerkraut and liver. You know, that's popular now, but it wasn't, you know, back then. I mean, nobody really ate like that. But my mom read Adele Davis. Do you guys know Adele Davis? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. Well, you should look her up because uh, she was very influential on my mother's life and my life. And she was a famous nutritionist. Anyway. Um, so she has invaluable information. And so anyway, my mom would always quote her, et cetera, et cetera. And then she'd feed us everything she talked about. And then, of course, you know, you become a product of your environment. OK, 
And my mom, you know, she was very, very regimented because there were six kids. And so she had to be regimented. Okay. And you did not cross her because that is just the way it is. Plus, I went to Catholic school, which was very <laughs> orderly. All right. And um, you just didn't do the things that children do today. You just you didn't. And you played outside hours every mm -hmm. day. You caught lightning bugs and you did sleepovers outside, you know, and nature is our answer. Right. Nature is our solution for our health. And so uh, fortunately, but the average person eats really, you know, they eat very processed foods, chemicalized foods, um, not nutrient dense. Uh, let's face it. If you examine the, you know, what a kid eats every day, it's not healthy. All right. But now there are mommies. I have great mommies who are you know, teaching and treating and doing things correctly with their children. Okay. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist because I have just some wonderful patients who are young. They're in their thirties and just really trying to do everything right uh, with their children. And so, but we've got to teach moms more and more. And on my Instagram page, I hear all the time patients, uh, they tell me, Oh my God, I've changed everything in my life due to you. you I can't believe how much different our family is because of what I've learned from you. So they just don't know. It's not that they're not willing. They think a box of cereal is healthy. Well, a box of cereal is like eating a candy bar in the morning. So, so we've got to change and convenience will never achieve anything in your life. There is nothing easy. I'm 64. There's nothing easy. Nothing. I, every day I'd like just something simple. No, everything is commitment, dedication, and staying in the narrow lane of life. And, you know, you, I tell people when you drive a car, you don't run stop signs. Why don't you run stop signs? Because you don't want to kill somebody. You don't want to get a ticket. You don't want your car to be crashed. There are reasons. Well, why aren't we regarding this irreplaceable miracle with that same rules and laws. Okay. You, you know, you take a driving test, you learn the rules. Now, of course, we, people get break them and everything, but they get tired of breaking them. Well, illness is your wake up call to change your life. But we are in medicine today. We are not teaching people how to do lifestyle re renovation. So food is number, I was in number one and you need to know your food. When I say that, you need to know what you're buying. Is it truly organic? Is it really, you know, the best thing? There's farmer's market. You can know the people supplying your food. It's always beautiful. You can know the, the owner who, of the person who's selling you the pasture-raised, pasture-finished, all that, the organic. You can know that and verify it. So I, I always study your labels. If it's got bad oils, mm -hmm. canola oil, peanut oil, all that. You know, okay, because, you know, it may look pretty, you know, and you think it's all great because Health Foods sells it. No, Health Foods does not care about you, okay? They don't care about you. So you have to take charge and take care of you and take responsibility of your health. And all, you know, with your cell phone now today, you can look up anything. There's no reason for stupidity or ignorance or not knowing. There is no reason because that cell phone can tell you how to build a house, how to build you. So there's no reason for 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 not knowing. 
Okay. Because if you just Google how to be healthy now, granted, the internet can be misleading, unfortunately, in this day and time. Okay. Be, uh, what I see now compared to how I looked at things up on the internet before, I found things very easily. Now you cannot find things that you need to find, unfortunately. It's kind of sad, but it's true. So you've got to go and study and read. And then, you know what? God gave you this intuition, you know, what sounds right. Okay. So everybody knows donuts are not healthy. Okay. Everybody knows that, right? I mean, seriously, everybody knows that. Even sub mm -hmm. subconsciously, unconsciously, they do know that donuts are not healthy. So food is the number one thing. Then stress. I think stress for all of us years ago, 30 plus years ago, I read an article in the LA Times about stress is, is, you know, 85 to 90% of illnesses. Okay. Well, if you read all this stuff today, it's the same information. Okay. And fortunately today though, we know that this is a real thing. Lots of people are talking about it now much more than they did 30 years ago. We have resources with social workers, psychologists, um, all kinds of things on the internet. There's now meditation is talked about all the time. I mean, there's so many more resources. There's groups. There's, I mean, it's just amazing now what we have, but you do need to seek it out. But I would say stress is probably, you know, when I really see people, because I look at everybody's forms and they fill out and I ask very poignant questions and they're all, they all, tell, I mean, every day it's like, oh, I realize I've just been living under undue stress or it's, it's always very similar answers and everything. So, and interestingly enough, I always ask patients, what is the first thing that you changed since you've gotten your diagnosis? And hands down, 100%, not 99, not 95, 100%. What is the thing that they've changed? What they ate. Okay. They say, I've completely changed my eating. Okay. I don't drink alcohol now and I've completely changed my eating. I eliminated sugar. So did they learn nutrition and dietitian in 24 hours? No, they knew. We all know subconsciously. <laughs> so, cause they didn't take any nutritious course when they di get diagnosed because they're so traumatized by the diagnosis. But they knew innately, but they didn't follow what their intuition was telling them because we don't ever think about self. We don't think about what, how am I living every day? Is it serving me? Is it really serving me? We have to serve ourselves first, you know, and if you're a mommy, I was busy. I was everything, you know, I kept myself and I always do keep myself in an orderly fashion, because I have to take care of my children. I was single for six years. And so I had to take care of my children. So I always got up early in the morning to plan me and my day for our children, for my children. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you, if a mother doesn't do that, because mothers tend to put themselves all on the back burner. All right. Which is never, never good. It's, it's that you've got to put yourself first. You have to be the model because I tell, I'll tell every mother out there, it's not what you tell your children. It's what you model 24 seven. They see, examine and know everything. And then if you're not in a peaceful, harmonious position, 
you are going to project that to your children. And I know so many moms I see, they tell me I'm trying to break the family generational curse of my anxiety, my what, how I've lived my life, because they see their children are perceiving and feeling all of that unrest and taking it on themselves. Wow. So you said number one is food. Number two is stress. Are there more? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I call lifestyle renovation is your, your day starts with your sleep because if your sleep isn't good, then those next 18 hours are not going to be 16 hours are not going to be good. So Mm -hmm. we have to have, we have to create a sleep sanctuary. All right. And so I personally, um, you know, when I get ready, I have a like this healing blanket. So I try to do about 15 or 20 minutes of that. And then I, I get my mind in, you know, the right state. I do take all my supplements. I take magnesium. And since I've been through menopause, I take a combination of 5-HTP and theanine. All right. Along with all my other things that I take. And then I turn off the electricity to my bedroom because EMS affect me and they affect everybody. You just don't know it. Uh, but I turn off the electricity to my uh, bedroom. I usually try to do some meditation. You can do meditation and healing blanket. I'm always looking how to combine things because my, my day is full. And so you can do all that together. And even, you know, 15 minutes of meditation. I tell people meditation is medication. Mm. And love that. (laughs) And that's scientific. That's scientifically proven too. So, um, and then you've got to um, exercise. You have 800 muscles that need to be mobilized to move. You do not need to be a marathon runner. You don't need to be a triathlete. You just need to move. So you need to do a combination of some kind of cardio, whether it's walking on a treadmill, walking outside. Nature's always better than a machine. And then you have to do weights because people get sarcopenia. After about 40 or 50, you start losing muscle mass. So you have to do the weights. And like most women are not doing weights. Guys will do it, but women won't do it. But you've got to incorporate weights. You don't have to go to a fancy gym. You just need to do push-ups, sit-ups, squats, and all that. And you can work out with your own body. You don't need like a sophisticated gym or anything like that. I think gyms are helpful because it helps people with community and it, and like other people are doing it. So, oh, okay, I got to do it. So, so it can be very, um, inciting to the person. Uh, I'm a disciplined person. So I just know that I need to stay in this narrow lane. Uh, because that's what keeps me and allows me to do all the things that I want to do. So if I get out of that lane, I pay. So like, I don't want to pay. I don't want to lose, you know, a a minute of life and I don't want to be sick. Okay. I get to see suffering every single day. So I don't want to be sick. And when I'm 85, I, I want to be able to move and do everything that I'm doing now. And so if I, I know I'm ensuring that path by following the rules and laws of my body. So then the other thing is water. Okay. You've got to drink purified water. You cannot drink tap water because the water is all contaminated with pharmaceuticals and toxins. So you've got to invest in some kind of water system. Okay. I don't care if it's even inexpensive, like a zero water, but you must have purified water. Uh, now, there's lots of different opinions on water. 
but I believe the solution to pollution is hydration. So, so we need to drink water to, you know, to cleanse our body. All right. And our cells are bathing in that water. Then, um, so sleep, water, what you eat and, you know, some kind of incorporating with your sleep and meditation. And then you've got to take you probably need to take nutrients, some sort of nutrients. All right. Because it's impossible for anyone to probably get everything they need from their diet. Okay. Not in this world with our industrialized technical world, with the environment that we're living in, it's probably impossible. So you need to you take, you know, I tell people a good food based multi D and oils. All right. And then I believe that people should also like cleanse, do something to cleanse their body on a regular basis. Okay. So that can be with baths. That can be with um, infrared sauna. That can be just changing all their lifestyle to organic food and, you know, no hormones and all that good stuff. Okay. Which I think a lot of people know now. But I do believe we need to do something cleanse. You can do charcoal every day. That's cheap and inexpensive. Okay. You can do zeolite every day. But I do think in this day and time, we probably need to do some kind of cleanse. The American Academy of Environmental Medicine, their last meeting this year that was virtual, all the doctors, they don't talk to each other before they talk. Every single doctor said that pollution is killing people. 11 million people a year, nine to 11 million people a, wow. a year. So we have to do something to cleanse. You can do juicing for cleansing. Okay. Um, you can do um, like all the other things I mentioned, like I said, sauna, but I give my patients who don't have a sauna or space for a sauna. I put them on a detox bath of Epsom salts, baking soda and clay. Clay has been used for years. I give them um, daily charcoal or daily zeolite. What, so, what is the, I'm sorry. What it, What are you saying after the charcoal? Z, can you spell what you're saying? Zeolite. Z-E-O-L-I-T-E. That's okay. been around for years and years and years used in industrial detoxification. And is so, that a supplement like a, yeah, that you're it, taking it, by yeah. mouth? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because... Everybody, I hate to say, unfortunately, is pollute. We're all polluted. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we need, unfortunately, you know, they've, they've done the studies, breast milk, placenta, blood and urine studies. So it's not like something brand new. This is a lot of doctors say, Oh, that's just hogwash. That's quackery. A lot of doctors <laughs> say, Oh, that's quackery. Unfortunately, they are not reading PubMed and the journals, uh, because it is a fact. It's a fact. So um, and then, you know, go to a doctor who can practice preventive, proactive, precise, personalized medicine. Every individual is an original. Right. And I teach my patients how to take care of them so they don't see me. OK, because there's plenty of sick patients. I'm not worried about that. OK, but we got to teach our patients how to learn the art of self-care. Because self-care is the new health care. I promise you. Because mm. oh, I love the, that. Yeah, yeah. Because in the few, we can't, you, you're not going to the ER to get well. The ER just tells you you're not going to die today. Okay. And like <laughs> I had a patient, it's interesting. She went to the emergency room at Kaiser 
in December for a severe abdominal pain. Okay. They told, gave her an antacid, you know, said that it's not that big a deal. Six months later, what does she have? Deadly pancreatic cancer. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And I, I hear these stories all the time. Okay. And I hear also the stories that doctors, like, they don't listen. They don't care. They don't do anything. They don't order any tests. And it's not complicated to order a panel of tests and see what's wrong. It is not. This is what hum, the, the humans need to hear. This is not complicated. I'm not a Nobel Prize winner. I just want to teach you to be independent, responsible, and caring and loving to your body. That's all I want. Okay. And I'm going to teach you how to take care of yourself. And then I know the testing to do for prevention. Okay. So like, if you want to know if you have cancer today, you there's, you look at the blood tests because for example, if your C-reactive protein, which is a non-specific marker for inflammation is high, we know something's going on. Inflammation is the precursor to every disease, cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, autoimmune, et cetera. So if inflammation's high, we know something is brewing. It's like the red light on the dashboard of your car. And it says engine light. You don't keep driving. <laughs> you, you go and get checked because why? You might get stuck on the freeway or some road in the middle of nowhere. And you don't, you're, you know, you don't want to be that. So you immediately go to the mechanic and they plug it into a computer now today and tell you, okay, here's what's wrong. All right. So, but that's the red light. That was on the cover, you guys, of Newsweek Time, inflammation with a fiery emblem. And, but no doctor's doing it. When this is 12 years ago, what? No, we're living in the era of overabundant information. And why is this going on? Then hemoglobin A1C, one in three children after the year 2000, we're in 2021, is diabetic. Why are we checking everybody for pre-diabetes and diabetes? Because elevated sugar increases all diseases, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, and everything else. Why aren't we doing this? It's, it's not, these are not cheap. They're cheap tests. They're, you can pay cash if your insurance doesn't cover. I mean, most insurance covers all those things. So, but, but, you know, why isn't it being done? Like I, all the cancer patients I have, they've never had a hemoglobin A1C. We are so much high risk for cancer when your hemoglobin A1C is higher. I mean, that's in the scientific articles. And if you give chemo, that chemo won't work that well if your blood sugar is high. I know that because I have diabetic patients and it's much harder to treat those patients. We put our patients on keto when they're diabetic. We put them on fasting, all kinds of things, because we're trying to, you know, change the entire condition of the patient. So yeah. I have a question for a second. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Stephanie and I live in Minneapolis. We don't have, obviously, easy access to someone like you. Let's say we're, you know, hearing everything you're saying, and we're like, I we want to know if we, God forbid, have cancer or on a track to be developing cancer, what what would you suggest someone like us does to do? Well, like, first read to, my book. Yep. Okay. Because yep. my yep. book tells okay, right you everything here. to do. <laughs> and my book tells you, I've had patients take my book and turn around their life. Okay. Yeah. So, and then go, you've got to get a doctor or actually you can order the test yourself. Okay. Honestly, 
there, there are labs now that you can just order your own darn test. Now you might not be able to interpret everything. <laughs> so, so, but you partner, you got to partner with an integrative functional doctor who has an open mind to take care of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if the doctor doesn't want to take care of you and listen to you, because what makes you, I, I listen to everything. My patient, my, I can't know everything. So if my patient has a great idea or they want some, I'll go, sure, you can do it. Let's do it. Right. So a doctor should be partnering with you and, and not say, Oh, you, you don't know what, don't worry about that. Don't read the internet. Don't do that. They all say that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what, why aren't you, why do you want your doc? Why don't you want your patient studying and knowing what's going on? You want your patient like that. I, that's the only kind of patient I want is they're going to be labor like I am. I want them to be labor like I am. Okay. Because that's how we're going to work really well together. Okay. Because I know that I can fix you very quickly and efficiently. I've had, you know, seven kids. I know how to do this. Okay. And what I'm saying is seven kids, you know, it's a lot to juggle and teach and da, 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 da. And, and I, you know, I've seen patients for 35 years. I've seen, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of visits. I know how to do that, but the patient has to want it as much as I do. Right. I can't have a patient who doesn't want it like I do. Right. So, cause I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a fixer. I'm maternal. I want you to have a great life and I want you to go tell 10 other people how to have a great life. Okay. Because we need to be a world of excellence and exceptionalism and we can. So your question was, how do I know? So I do. Baseline test every, you know, the blood sugar, the CRP, the D. I check your hormones because hormones are the natural drugs to your body and they affect your body's immune system, your brain, your heart, your liver, your bones. There isn't a function that all the hormones don't play a role in. You were giving all these hundreds of hormones for a reason. And of course, hormones are pausing. And then with the chemical pollution, they're influencing how those hormones work now. That's why you see so much cancers now because the hormones are not in their normal state of affairs because these phthalates and PCBs and forever chemicals are altering the way that your hormones are working in you. Uh, they're causing obesogens, people to be obese, people to be diabetic and all that. So we have to know the hormones. Okay. Then specific test I will check is something called nagalase. Nagalase is the enzyme in your body body that poisons the macrophages. Uh, if it's high, preventing them from attacking viruses and or cancer. So I'll do that blood test. And then I will do a PHI. A PHI is a blood test that tells me if you are in hypoxia, low oxygen. Low oxygen is an environment for cancer. Then the other test I do is circulating tumor cells. Circulating tumor cells on PubMed, used as a preventive. Now there's labs all over the world that do circulating tumor cells. I personally use RGCC because they are probably the best lab in the world for circulating tumor cells. There are some good labs in in Germany and in Austria. The difference between RGCC, it has a much more expansive um, testing on natural substances, chemo agents, smart drugs, and everything. So they give you lots more information about the cancer than other labs. There are in the United States, there is no good lab. There is one lab called Biocept. I 
used them years ago. I sent 25 specimens to them and every patient, they all had cancer and everybody came back with zero. Well, that's mathematically impossible. And so I don't use that lab. I don't say anything bad about it. I know they're trying, but it's not, unfortunately, you know, we all have to refine our art. And so they just need to refine their art and get it better. There are more tests coming out um, that, you know, trying to come out. Um, I'm going to be studying a new laboratory to see if that's going to be helpful in the picture. There used to be a blood test called Oncoblot that told exactly, it's in my book, about like what cancer it was uh, with, a you know, probably about a 90% success rate. Um, but that test is no longer available anymore. And then the other thing that I do is I do something bioenergetic testing. I'm interested in cancer because my mother took DES in the 50s with me. DES was a drug given to pregnant women to prevent loss of their baby and stop their bleeding. And unfortunately, I was one of the children and I developed a slew of health interruptions as a result. But a lot of the offspring, male and female, were diagnosed with cancer. So, of course, my personal uh, personal interest has always, I did my graduate thesis at UT School of Public Health on DES. And then, you know, of course, I'm always interested, okay, how do I prevent this? How do I prevent this? What do I do? And so anyway, I had wonderful mentors in my life that taught me. So they introduced me to bioenergetic testing. Bioenergetic testing has been around for probably 60 years. Uh, the first introduction was Dr. Reinhold Voll, V-O-L-L. He was a German physicist and medical doctor, and he taught something called electroacupuncture according to Voll. So he would identify a point and knew, related it to the organ. So I tell people this point is like an organ or a string of pearls or a wire to some organ or gland in your body, okay? So I thought it was woo-woo when I first heard about it. I'll be honest. I thought, whoa, this is way out of my comfort zone. So I've always taught myself, though, to be open to the universe. And if how can I be an expert if I don't investigate something? Okay. Lots of discoveries are by accident. Mm-hmm. So why am I excluding that? That's the same way with acupuncture. When I first learned about acupuncture, I went, wow, this is interesting. I go, no, I'm going to go do it myself. And I'll never forget when I did acupuncture the first time, I thought, this is like a drug. Okay. So literally, okay. And I still, I still do acupuncture to this day, but the EAB, you have acupuncture points on your fingers and toes that correspond to every organ in your body. And there's about 50 points, 25 and 25. And that tell you most of what's going on in your body. So I tell people energy precedes action. So before something happens in your body, a heart attack, heart disease, I mean, cancer, uh, autoimmune, everything, a lot of things took place, okay? So we do that testing. I've been doing it for 23 years. It is very inexpensive to do and will tell you an abundance of information that I can't find in blood tests or scans, okay? Now, I don't use one test. I don't have one test that tells me. Everyone is a tapestry. And it's my job to get all the information to get your body in harmony and homeostasis. And that doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take some intention and attention to your intention to get yourself well. But you sitting, you, you girls sitting right there, you have no idea 
really, unless you do all this testing, you may feel great. There's, I have a lot of patients go, Dr. Killing, I feel great. I don't know why I have cancer. All right. I have, now I will tell you a lot of patients usually have symptoms, fatigue, because I always ask every patient. So tell me what your first symptom, but unfortunately their first symptom is 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, we, again, we, you know, we have nine years of opportunity to completely prevent cancer, nine years. Okay. And we have all this abundant science and information to do this right now. And why aren't we all doing it right now? Not just for cancer, but all medical problems, right? This is what I don't understand. It's like, why is this not the standard of care right now? We have lives to save today. And British Medical Journal and Cleveland Clinic this year wrote articles that a functional integrated approach is far better outcome than a conventional approach. Well, I'm so glad that people are starting to talk about this a little more broadly. And I love, Dr. Keneally, that you talked about the bioenergetic testing, because I've actually done that myself for the last several years. And it's very hard to explain. So I'm glad that you, as a doctor, are talking about it and offering this to your patients, because I was fascinated by it. And it told me things that my regular doctors couldn't tell me. Right. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, so can we, I know we've, we've talked about cancer, I guess. Well, first of all, before we even go there. Can people come see you if they just want the preventative? Like they want all their testing done and maybe they don't have cancer, but they don't want to wait 10 years till it develops. Are you seeing people virtually and in person? Yes. Yeah. So okay. I do. I have been doing virtual for a bit, way before the pandemic. So I've been doing Skype was more the, the routine yeah. or telephone. Okay. So I've been doing that for, I don't know how many years, lots and lots of time. So, and then. I usually have the patient come here because bioenergetic testing has to be done 3D in person. Right. Uh, but, you know, you can pretty much figure all this out in one visit coming here and then a, a follow-up phone call. And then I'll tell you, right. here, this is what you have. It's like I said, it's just not complicated. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not expensive. Okay. Literally, the I tell people, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, you know? And it's your health insurance policy, right? It is. Okay. Because health insurance doesn't pay for everything, especially today. Insurance doesn't pay for, you know, what we need to, what we, the treatments we need. Okay. And you have to understand that a lot of my patients that I see, unfortunately, 50% are at the point of no return. So I take care of very, very sick people. But on the other side, I have human optimization. So I take care of human optimization. So that's prevention, early detection, and all the way to stage four cancers that, you know, they have no more options. So I don't like when people come to me and then they always expect a miracle. And I'm like, no, I do not have a miracle in my back pocket. Uh, But I'd rather people come to me really, like if you get early diagnosed with cancer, come to me immediately. And I'm going to set you straight and set you what you need to do, what you need to do, not what I need to do, what you need to do and this and I teach them how I'm going to follow up with them. And so because health is a journey, it's it's a it's 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 a long journey and it's not just an invent one time thing. Okay. And there's no drive through anything. Okay. But <laughs> once you learn through once you learn though, you don't worry. I mean I have lots of 80 year old patients who have been seeing me for 20, 25 years and they have nothing. They don't go to the emergency room. They don't go to the hospital. They don't have anything because they learned all of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's what, but the medical profession and the ivory towers think that's, that's where you go and that's where you do get your care. That is unfortunately, that's not the paradigm we need to be embracing now. I love everything you're saying. I'm like, so my mind is just spinning. I have so many questions, but how do you help a patient? Like, I I find that I know so many people, and you mentioned this much earlier, they just want like the drive-through or the magic pill or the one, you know, I'm going to go see my doctor and they're going to put me on a medicine and fix me and and then I'm going to be better. Like, so you're saying you're seeing a lot of really sick patients. How do you get them to change that mindset and actually implement these changes? Because these changes aren't always easy for people. If they're used to eating McDonald's every day or, you know, eating tons of sugar and drinking lots of alcohol to make these changes. Right. That's a I always ask myself, what little thing can I come up with to make people like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do yes. this. Okay. I really, I think about that all the time, but Before I always have cancer. a, right. I, I, I always have a saying when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. Mm-hmm. Yes. And unfortunately, yep. unfortunately the patient, because I can't take care of you if you're not ready to be taken care of. So I always meet my patient where they are because I have patients in preschool, not age wise, but preschool and understanding. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have patients who are, you know, super, super duper graduates, read everything, taken ownership from everything. Uh, But unfortunately, people have to have a gun to their head before they change. Okay. And then they have their epiphany, aha moment. Uh, unfortunately, if we were, like I said, if we were teaching this in our families early, we wouldn't be dealing with the patients who are thinking you just pop a pill and you just, you know, meander through life just doing whatever you want to do. So they have to, unfortunately, discomfort or the 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 a death sentence is unfortunately sometimes sometimes what gets people's attention because it's not always guys it's just not unfortunately it's not always people are going there's going to be people because my patients will tell me oh my gosh I try to get my mom to do this I try to get you know my cousin I try to tell people to come here and I go look all you can do is educate teach and model mm-hmm. and you can't you, you can't do anything else, unfortunately. So uh, uh, I would love for it to be. I, I do believe, though, there is a transformation taking place, guys. I really do because I see it. I see all the responses on Instagram and everything. How every day people are telling me, oh, my God, thank you so much for this information. Da, 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 da. And we're just giving little things. You know, we're not it's not like to me that complicated. Yeah. But we're giving people, and, and it's funny, I, now I'm getting lots of questions. Please write a children's book. Please write a thing on how to raise kids and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So so it's, it is changing, and um, but it's too slow as far as I'm concerned, and I'm sure as far as you guys are concerned. But I just think the more we do, the more we put out there, um, the better things are going to get. And we ask, act for a collective universe to be putting out the same information. And I mean, 
so much of what you said is stuff that, you know, Marnie and I talk about, but like she said, it's hard to get people into action. Um, so I guess one, one question that we have that we kind of want to maybe dive into just a little bit here, just be mindful of the time, um, specifically talk a bit about, um, menopause and you know, you talked a little bit about hormones, but I believe you have a program that you're starting to address menopause. And there's a lot of our listeners that I know are either in menopause or perimenopause or premenopause. Um, so maybe you can just share a little bit about what you're doing in that area. Right. Well, it, it really started out. I mean, it's something hormones have been my passion because of my own hormonal problems early on because of my mother taking DES. So I started, I, I first of all, never had two regular periods in my life. Okay. In my whole life. All right. So I had hormonal problems very early on. And so then, um, I had, it's kind of interesting, tons of little health interruptions with my hormones, but now I'm full blown menopause. And so many patients go, Oh, my doctor said, I, I can't take hormones. And I'm like, you can't take hormones. That is a complete fallacy. And I'm like, why can't you take hormones? Oh, because it might cause cancer. Well, I'm like, no, we know that estrogen doesn't cause cancer. Progesterone doesn't cause. In fact, progesterone decreases your risk of not only breast cancer, female cancers, but all cancers combined. Just progesterone. Testosterone is anti-breast cancer. So why aren't you doing that? Okay. And then estrogen, we now know that estrogen does matter because we have higher risk of Alzheimer's and dementia without estrogen, not to mention your bones, not to mention your skin, not to mention your state of mind, et cetera. Okay. Because estrogen and all the hormones have hundreds of functions. It's not just to have breast and ovaries and all that. It is to protect your body. So I said, oh gosh, what are we going to do? I was thinking about writing a book. Well, actually, there's lots of books written on menopause. Okay. Actually, there are. So I'm like, okay, you know, how am I going to reinvent the wheel with a menopause book? Because when you think about menopause, first of all, the whole body starts to pause about 40, give or take five years. Okay. In all your hormones and all your functions. Your organs don't work as well. Your glands don't work as well. So if we could just optimize people's hormones really at like 35, like do an evaluation at 35 and see where you are earlier. I do have to do it early on a lot of young people because, as I said earlier, all the chemicals, all the stress, all the EMFs are interfering with the normal hormonal production. I mean, look at infertility has increased 50 or 60 percent. In the last, what, in the last 30 years. So we know there's hormonal manipulation taking place because of chemicals and stress and EMFs. And so anyway, um, so everyone unfortunately needs to be interested in hormones because hormones are the natural drugs to your body. Your body won't work and serve you every day mentally or physically or emotionally because hormones have dramatic emotional, emotional psychological effect. So we, we want to optimize everyone's hormones. But when it comes to menopause, you don't have any hormones, all the hormones. Okay. So women's main hormonal systems are their thyroid, their pancreas, which controls insulin, your adrenals, which sit on top of your kidneys, like little hats. 
and then your ovaries. Yes, you have other hormones, guys, that are just not related to an organ, like pregnenolone and parathyroid, etc. So you need to do a complete, because like we talked about, the body's a holistic system. So when you go to the car dealership and you look at this shiny, beautiful car, and it's beautiful, I mean, beautiful color you like, the wheels are beautiful, but if it doesn't come with the radiator, your car isn't going anywhere. So we don't want part of a car, right? We want the whole system to working. So if one hormone is out of whack, that can cause deleterious effects. So we don't want part of the body to work. We want the entire body to be working, taking care of you and serving you. All right. And so we want to, you know, fix every hormone, whether it's melatonin, pregnenolone. I mean, I can go on and on. Now, uh, menopause, the dis and misinformation on menopause is abundant because they had the Women's Health Initiative years ago that said if you take hormones, Premarin and Provera, which are synthetic hormones, you're going to get cancer and you're going to get heart disease. So they aborted the study. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't use synthetic hormones. We use only biologically identical hormones made from yams and or soybeans. So they're hormones exactly like yours because synthetic hormones like birth control pills and Premarin and Provera, they don't turn on the receptor site like a biologically identical hormone. So that's why it caused illness in the the in the study. So yes, there's other studies show the same thing, but I'm not going to get into that. So it's a whole nother separate discussion. So I looked online to see who is doing holistic menopause. And when I say holistic, because menopause is just maybe the first thing you think about. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I don't have periods. I'm having hot flashes. I'm having vaginal dryness. I'm fatigued. My brain is foggy, etc. So then I tell the patient, yes, you have those hormones, but we're going to check all of your hormones. So, but there was no one doing holistic menopause and telling people the actual scientific facts and truth about the function of hormones and the proper care of your body. So, because, you know, women think they're going crazy and then they go to their doctor and their doctor says, oh, you can take Lexapro. <laughs> what? So yes. Lexapro is going to replace your hormones? No, no, and no. All right. Or you're going to take this other psych drug. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how can this how can this be happening? I know people that have been in that exact situation. (laughs) Right. And unfortunately, one out of four people is on a psychogenic drug. One out of four today. Okay. well, we already know there's study after study show that those drugs do not work. Okay. And so because, again, if you don't address root causes, Okay. Like your, like a food allergy can cause depression. All right. Just something simple, like a food allergy can cause anxiety, depression, and schizophrenia. Okay. Just food allergies. Okay. Why wouldn't you be doing a complete workup? Why would you just put a finger in the dam with the drug that has deleterious side effects? And one of the biggest problems with those drugs is weight gain. Now, what woman, every woman's allergic to weight gain. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's like, like, what is happening here? This is, this is just not right. This is just not right. And I'm not saying I know everything, 
Uh, Because I am open to anything and everything, okay? All I care is that you are well and that you are stable. That's all I care about because the world's going to be a better place if you are in optimal shape, right? It's just the bottom line. And that's my job. That's what my job is to guide you and serve you in that direction to for you to live the best life possible. That's just my job. Yeah, which I wish more doctors didn't have that same goal and mindset that you have, you know. Right. And we, you've got we to need a lot of your, you all over yeah. the yes. country. Yeah. <laughs> we, need to part, we need to partner together. We're a partnership, okay? Yeah. I can't yes. help you unless yes. you tell me everything that's going on and I can I can t- I can help you completely. So so the doctor unfortunately thinks they went to medical school and they know everything. No, my patients know a lot. Mm-hmm. They are super smart, super everything. So um, I I appreciate my patients because they are ready to to take charge and get care of their body. Now, some people are all on a different trajectory. Some people do things immediately. Some people need lots of hand holding and um, you know, guidance for a while because the information is, oh, it's daunting and overwhelming. So that's why I tell people, that's why we teach you. We teach you how to do that with all of our, myself and my, I have a phenomenal star staff. I mean, you guys, you wouldn't find the team. I have a new operations director and he's only, he, he, it's interesting story. I hired four operations directors, right? And they all, one thing or the other, you know, like, oh my gosh, I have to be close to my child. I can't travel. Da 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 da. Anyway, so this 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 gentleman sent sent me his resume and I look at the resume and I'm like, why does he want to work here? He's already done everything, you know. He why would he want to work at this place? Well he was the husband of one of my patients and she had a rare cancer, one in like 10 million. Okay. And she, he, they came, they went everywhere to go to, you know, get opinions. And so anyway, we were tirelessly, you know, because her cancer is so unique, but I'm a never give up person, like never give up. Okay. I, I, I won't give up on anybody. All right. And so I said, okay, you know, we did that. That didn't work. So now we're going to do this. And now we're going to do this. And now we're going to do this. Well, now her tumor shrank over 50%. She's back to her life running and everything doing phenomenal. So he goes, so he came to see me and I go, why do you want to work here? Like, you know, because I didn't even read his resume for months. Okay. And I go, well, because I knew he was already like already did his businesses and everything. And I'm like, why do you want to work here? He says, I don't think you understand. You saved my wife's life. And like, there is no way I could ever. Now, I want everyone to know what I've had the privilege of knowing. And so now he's here. He's been here for, you know, just a couple of months. Uh, but he sees and gets it because he had firsthand experience, you know, mm-hmm. with his own personal, you know, life. And so uh, it's been a blessing because, uh, you know, he gets it, you know. A lot of people, it takes a while for them to get it. Like, what do you do different than Dr. Mayo or Dr. MD Anderson or Dr. Harvard? You know, what do you do different? And I go, everything, everything is different. Okay. 
Uh, my best friend lives in Scottsdale and she's Canadian. So Canadians, you know, they have a national, she doesn't use any of the nationalized service. But anyway, in Scottsdale, they have the Mayo Clinic. And so she, they, you know, they go to the best. Okay. So then someone referred her to me and she flew in and we had our meeting and she's like, oh my God. And I fixed her hormones, menopause hormones. Okay. <laughs> And she thought, oh, my God, you saved my life, you know, because I was terrible before, you know, the treatment of menopause. And then she got her husband to come in. Well, now, you know, that's 20 years later, you know, they're doing great. He's 83. She's 71. So, you know, they're not young people, but they live full, you know, abundant lives and they never go to the doctor. They never go to the ER. They're never in the hospital because they have learned how to take care of themselves. So oh, I love that story. Yeah, you know, it's a fabulous oh. story. But anyway, uh, but menopause, I just want to set the record straight. I want people to know. So it's called Moment Menopause. And we have had such interest um, in uh, we've just, you know, we're putting it out there. I, you might have seen it on Instagram already. I'm not sure if you have or not. Uh, but we want to teach people and we want to create a community. I'm working on an app. Um because women are forgotten in our society. I just I just bought a book um, over the weekend called Unwell Women because the medical profession doesn't listen to women. And um, we're kind of the forgotten sex sort of. So, so I want and like, you know, like there's such misunderstandings of mammograms. OK, is mammogram the way to detect cancer? No, it's not, unfortunately. But and what mammogram, is the way? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Yes. Yeah. So so breast image. So mammograms have been around for a long time, but so has thermography and so has ultrasound. And so I have many a patient who've had a mammogram and a month later have breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So um, mammograms are radiation. So we actually say for every 10,000 mammograms we do, we save one life. Uh -huh. Okay. Then you not only, you get the radiation. Well, radiation is cancer causing. So the more mammograms you get, the more higher risk of cancer. But mammograms don't pick up everything. In fact, if your mammogram, it says on the mammogram, mammogram may not be able to pick up, you know, these certain, these little lesions. Okay. Well, if it says that, why aren't you doing more imaging? Okay. And it says that on every single test. Okay. On your, if you read it. And so most women have dense breasts. A lot of women. Yes. I do. So yes. if, you, if you have dense breasts, that means you need to do an ultrasound. And you need to do thermography. Now, thermography, believe it or not, has been around for six, 70 years. I don't know how long, a long time. And um, and you've got to, unfortunately, you do have to go to a good thermography, you know, uh, you know, machine. OK. And I mean, I have, you know, because I have to have the right things because I'm a doctor. I'm a medical doctor. Other people can get away with things, but I'm a medical doctor. So everything that I do has to be so perfect and so good, you know, and the best because I'm making decisions based on all the information and the array of information that I'm drawing on you, scanning on you and everything. So, so those are the things. There's a new book out, uh, called breast cancer myths or something like that. I don't know, but she talked, it's a brand new book and she talks about, it. I'll get the right name for you. Uh, but, um, anyway, and she talks about all this. And the Cochrane Collaboration Group, they're the highest, they were, Cochrane Collaboration, they're out of Denmark, and they examined the highest uh, 
uh, literature all over the world. Okay, they they examine it. They have no uh, ties to any pharmaceutical companies. They have no financial incentive. Okay, and so they wrote a whole thing. I'll send it to you guys on mammograms and why they are not the ideal way to look at breast imaging. But women don't know this. And then breast imaging doesn't start until 35 and 40. Well, what about my 25-year-olds who I'm seeing today who have breast cancer? Yeah. So when so, you when a patient comes to you, do you do this thermography and ultrasound as part of the workup? That's yeah. just part of the workup. Okay. Yeah. Well, can, can the average breast, let's, breast cancer is number one, guys. Breast cancer is the number right. one cancer now. Yeah. Yes. So can anyone, so for instance, yesterday, this is so well-timed, this conversation, because I literally got the reminder from the, the clinic that I normally go get my mammogram from that I, I'm due, that I know I'm due. So can I just call my OB and get these ordered or no, I have to like no, go out on my own and see this, no, right? No, this is the deal. Yeah. So they pay, I hear it every day. So the, the doctor orders the mammogram. Okay. They'll do the mammogram. And then you're going to say, Stephanie's going to say, well, I want an ultrasound. Well, no, you don't need an ultrasound because you did the mammogram. And I say, no, 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 that is not true. Okay. You need the ultrasound. Well, ultrasounds are cheap. You have to tell the doctor, look, I have lumpy, dense breasts. I have red. (laughs) I have red. I have red. Not that some doctor told you because the doctors have too much of a ego. And so you say, I have read that ultrasound is another detection. Now, the doctor won't know anything about thermography because they maybe are too young or, you know, just not in the, in the you know, informa- error, lane of information. But you can, you'll have to do thermography on your own. And there may be someone in your area. But I always make my patients send me the information on the device that they have to make sure that I, you know, that I'm okay with their, their imaging. Okay. I'm telling you, I just decided I'm, I'm going to make an appointment. <laughs> yeah. And we can do a <laughs> That's whole what show. I was just, we, we yes. can do a whole show on that, you know, yeah. uh, a life, a day in the life of, of visiting an integrative clinic. And here's what I do. And yes. now I know this is what I know. I I'm think in. that would be amazing. Yes. Because yeah. I'd also like thought, to bring like, my mom. Maybe mom. you can bring your mom stuff. That's what I was make just a thinking trip of it. <laughs> Yes. I've been thinking about this since the, for the last couple of days, actually. So um, so we probably need to start wrapping up just because of time. And we love to leave our listeners with a lot of practical tips and strategies that they can implement immediately. I know you've already shared so many tips throughout this conversation, but what are your top tips for someone, you know, focused on disease prevention? So first of all, um, the most important thing is that people need to decide what they want for themselves. All right. You have to desire. Do I desire impeccable health? All right. And that's the first thing. And recognizing that. Okay. Then you have to decide that this isn't going to happen overnight because we all put too much pressure on ourselves to get everything done today or next week. This will take probably a year of endeavor, right? And so you could read my book because, yeah, forget the cancer part. Just look at the lifestyle part, the sleep, the water, the eating, the exercise and stress reduction, right? All of those things, because it tells you 
all gives you lots of options of what to do because you have to honor the rules and laws of your body. I keep going back to that, but it's true, you guys. Like if you only sleep three hours, you're you're going to get sick, okay? If you don't eat foods that nourish, strengthen, and heal your body, you're going to get sick. If you don't get stress under control and realize, number one, that there are some stresses that you have to deal with. Now, daily stresses, you guys, everybody has. They're normal part of life, and it keeps you going. Well, I'm talking about extraordinary stress. You're going to move. You're going to get a divorce. You have a sick child. Your parent just got diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I'm a caretaker for these. You know, I, I have patients that are caretakers for 10 years, and then they're sick. So, but how are we going to manage that? Okay, how we're going to manage it through the process without losing yourself and um, always just love yourself. So many people don't love themselves. Love yourself and be in an I'm in an attitude of gratitude every single day, all day long. All right. And for the smallest things, I'm happy that I get to drive a car. Okay. I am happy that I get to sleep in my bed with organic linens with the exact pillows that I like. Okay. I am so glad that I get to know what I know. I mean, I, I feel so fortunate that I get to know this information. All right. I'm so thankful for my patients. I'm so thankful for just any, any, any little thing. But if you're in gratitude all the time, my, my stepdaughter called me yesterday morning because her lips were all swollen. And I go, okay, tell me what you're doing. What are you taking? She goes, oh, well, they found candida on my blood. And I go, well, that's probably a rash from the candida. I go, are you taking medicine? Oh, yeah, I'm taking an antifungal. Well, it could be a side effect of anyway. So I talked her through it. All right. And she was obviously also really stressed about her own personal life that she's going through. So I talked her through it. She texted me later and said, Thank you so much. You're right. It's just a candida rash. And I appreciate your help getting through it <laughs> because, you know, you know, we all got something going on. So, but we, we don't love ourselves. We, we're not like we're a divine being. We need to love and respect ourselves in all dimensions. And we don't really think about that, guys. And, um, you know, before you wake up in the morning in your bed, you should have a ritual. Uh, putting, I call it, <laughs> I just started doing this. I'm putting my protective shield on me. And I imagine, <laughs> I imagine it with a beautiful rainbow of lights. And I have a platinum cord that's extending out to the universe for all the invincible solutions and divine direction for my life and for my patient's life. And I do that morning and night now. And then I always drive to work. I don't like anything on. And I think about all oh, how, how this is going to be the best day ever. And we have to set our mind every day. And if we don't set our mind, we're not going to set our course for our life. I love that. That's beautiful. Yes. Such great, such great tips. And I love that these are all simple, right? They don't cost money. Everyone right. can do them. They're accessible to all. Um, wonderful. So Dr. Keneally, where can people find you? How can they work with you? You know, you mentioned Instagram a few times. Yeah, Instagram is great because we just are constantly every day telling people. Uh, we do put out a newsletter that gives tips all the time, things to think about all the time. So people can sign up for a newsletter. 
they can go to Keneally MD. I'm on like, like I'm doing this podcast. I give lectures. I do all kinds of things. So, um, they can, you know, we try to tape as many things. Um, I do, I'm kind of behind on my YouTubes about explaining topics and everything. Uh, but I'm constantly trying to get people proper information out there uh, about everything, whether it's their children, whether it's themselves, whether it's guys, you know, males with prostate cancer or hormonal problems or prevent every little thing. I'm trying to get the message out. That's great. And we will link up all of this in the show notes. Right. And as we wrap up this conversation, um, one thing we'd like to ask all our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? Well, I like to use the word equanimity. Equanimity is about being in balance in every facet of your life. And if we could try to like just attempt to do that, uh, everyone can look up that word. You can put that in big, bold uh, capital letters. But it's about being an even spirit in every facet of your life. That is beautiful. And it just really sums up this entire conversation that we had today. Thank you so much for sharing all your infinite wisdom and inspiration. Um, we may need a part two for this someday. And okay. hopefully Marnie and I can, can <laughs> Marnie and I can pay a visit in the winter. Uh-huh. Good. When, uh, when the yeah, when it's freezing cold, cold and it's nice here. <laughs> or the fall. I'm hoping to come exactly. sooner than winter. <laughs> Yes. yes. And we do virtual Zooms, Skype. I mean, not, not so much Skype anymore, but Zooms and telephones and stuff. So, you know, we have great access and we have a great team. It's not just me. You know, I train all of our physicians and practitioners. And it, it, when you come here, you will see we are, it, it, we're blessed to um, be able to we're all, we're all blessed to be able to work here and do the serving that um, needs to happen. Yeah. Well, thank, well, thank you, you so much. Um, You're welcome. We're, and we're so both lovely honored meeting to you. chat with you today. Yeah. And yes. I'm so glad you guys are doing this because it's going to take, you know, lots of us doing this. So, yes. so I appreciate all your efforts in trying to awaken and enlighten and teach people. Well, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. You guys too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.